Hello everyone, thank you for tuning back into the Mummy Means Business podcast. Um, today I'm with another guest and my guest today is Tolu. Uh, hi Tolu. Hey Victoria. Hi, so Tolu is, um, she's the founder of Something Sweeter, which is a luxury candy buffet service and she's a blogger. She um, she's, has a new blog where she gives advice on how to achieve financial freedom by earning more and spending less, which can be found on tolufrimpong.com. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have Tolu today. Um, I've known her for a few years now and actually even when I had this podcast and I started this podcast um, last week, I had people coming up to me and asking me that they wanted to hear Tolu's story. People came up to me like, oh, actually, no, I want you to interview Tolu, interview Tolu. You know, I want to kind of find out how she came up, how she's... Um, how she became so successful so successful in business so I was really excited when she agreed and she said yes to do it so thank you Tolly for being on this podcast um so before we jump into kind of the whole business aspect I wanted to ask you how has motherhood been for you um Tolly has two boys and she's pregnant with her third um and I just wanted to know did you did you want did you know that you're going to be the mother that you are now or did you have an idea of kind of what you wanted to be and is it completely different to the reality of it oh completely different oh my gosh no being a mother has literally been the most amazing yet challenging experience of my life like literally it's had its highs it's had its lows but overall it's just been the most rewarding experience ever like I wouldn't change it for the world my boys <laughs> very boisterous boys they're like literally very hard work but it's amazing like literally I wouldn't change it for the world I In know terms like of- oh, go sorry on. go on no 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 because I was saying that um even the other day I saw them like wrestling Oh like yeah, they, they just, do it all the time. <laughs> they're just constantly, and the thing is, yeah, you're actually really calm because you think, you know, a mum of boys, especially boys who are like very, very active, you sometimes you see them kind of chasing after them, like, oh, calming them down, like, you know, don't throw this or don't do this, but you're just like, oh yeah, just leave them. You're just very relaxed. I'm very chilled, yeah, and that's something that surprised me about myself, actually. I didn't realise I would be so laid back as a parent I know before I had children had all these plans as to how I was going to be how strict I was going to be and you know I would never allow my child to do this and do that but since I've had them literally I've learned so much about being a parent and so much about myself and so much about children in that they're individuals they're literally like individual beings and they have their own personalities and it's like our job as parents is to nurture them as opposed to try and fit them into a certain mould, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that's why with me, I am. people might see me and think, oh, she's so chilled. Like, you'll just see Alpha jumping off a chair, for example, and people will be like, oh, my gosh, she's going to hurt himself. But I'm just like, oh, no, he'll be fine. And if he bangs his head, he'll get up and he'll recover. <laughs> he'll be okay, kind of thing. It's that's true. That has surprised me about myself, actually. Has it been hard for you to go from, like, zero to one, from um, rather than going from one to two and then now from two to three? Oh, you see, I think with each stage, it's been challenging. I think zero to one was definitely the hardest because I went from not being a parent to being a parent. So that was a very big transition for me because obviously there's only so much you can prepare in advance for having a child. So obviously you read all the books, you get all the advice from friends and family, etc. But it's not until you have that little baby for yourself and it's like, oh crap, it's just me and this baby. What do I do? That you kind of figure things out along the way and you realise that, 
it's a lot more difficult and there's a lot more that goes into it than I had anticipated. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a bigger challenge than I thought it would be. Definitely, like it's like oh, what's the what's the most that babies do? You know, you've got to feed them, got to clothe them, but no, there's there's a lot more that goes into it. But it's and been you, amazing. It's good actually because now you're having your third and um you have another boy, so you, now you just have three boys and they can just occupy themselves while you just chill. They can literally just like raise each other. But um, you're working a full time job with um before obviously you had kids and when you had your first and your second you're still working. Um, did you did you have to kind of cut back on the amount of work the amount of time you spent at work or did you carry on with like your full time um position? No, that was that wasn't an option to me to be honest. No, I couldn't have done it. <laughs> literally, as soon as I had my first, or even before I had him, actually, I knew in my mind that I wasn't going to be able to go back to work full time just because I wanted to still have that time at home with the baby. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to be the best parent I could be working full time and raising a child because it's just like both of them are full time jobs in themselves. So it wasn't a possibility for me to work full time and look after a new baby full time. Just yet, yeah, it wouldn't have worked for me at all. But when you were going to work, did you ever have, did you ever feel really guilty, like, leaving them? Even me now, um, if I leave Xavier with my husband, just for 30 minutes to go Sainsbury's, I'm constantly I'm messaging him, like, is he okay? Send me a picture. Send me a picture. See, oh, okay. no, 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 that's not me at all. <laughs> no, I was quite the opposite, actually. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, very happy to go back to work, actually. But because I knew I was going back part-time, so I only went back three days a week. So I worked... Monday to Wednesday so for me it was a good balance it was like okay I have that time away for the child to be an adult and do other things but then I got to come back in the evenings and I also had the rest of the week to spend time with him but that's why for me I couldn't yeah I couldn't work full-time but then I couldn't be at home full-time so for me it was a good balance to work part-time so I had that time away from him I know that might sound bad but I did need that break after being at home with him for the first 13 months it was full on. It was a lot of work, and it was. It's good, good to, to be honest, you know. Sometimes yeah, people no, like, oh, like, oh, I want to spend all my time with my children, no, no, but no. it's good to be like, you know what? <laughs> I, I wasn't that parent. I can't even like. No. <laughs> I love my child to bits. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, it was good to have that break away from him. So you didn't even you, obviously. So you didn't feel much guilt when you left when you kind of went to work because you're like he's in good hands, he's fine, and it's kind of. No, I didn't leave him at home by himself. Yeah, obviously. Imagine. No, exactly. No, no. He he went to nursery. It was good for him as well. He was able to be around other children his age. So he got to play, basically play all day at nursery. And I was at work, you know, getting to do my job and interact with other like-minded grown-ups. So for me, no, it was a good balance. I don't think I really suffered with that mum guilt just because, like I said, I only worked part-time. So it wasn't like I was leaving him all the time. For me, it was like he had that time and he went to nursery two days a week at that time. And he was with his grandma one day a week. So for me, it was I feel I felt like he had a good, nice, rounded experience in that he was with mummy. He was with nursery and he was with grandma. So, no, I didn't really feel that mum guilt, to be honest. So you, you also, um, I mentioned earlier in the introduction that Tolu has a um, a business, so she has a some, something sweeter, which is a candy buffet kind of service that you provide. Um, so what kind of made you want to start your own business and what kind of made you want to go into the whole sweet and candy buffet era? Because you you've had this business for a number of years now and if, when, she, when you actually started, the whole candy buffet thing wasn't really seen. Exactly, literally. So you yeah. Can, yeah, so I remember one of the first experience, yeah, you really, no, it's true. 
she actually was a pioneer and now it's like everyone is like oh actually candy buffet that actually adds to my event so what made you want to um kind of do that and start your own business okay so for me I when I fell pregnant with my first son Alpha I knew that I wasn't going to go back to work full-time like I mentioned earlier so for me I knew I'd be working part-time which means my income would be half then I knew that I needed basically to supplement that in income so I unfortunately didn't have that luxury at the time for me to just say I'll just cut my hours and that's it I knew I needed to make up that difference because at that time we were saving to buy our own property so for me I just needed that extra income so that was pretty much why I started thinking about okay if I'm not going back to work full-time what is it that I'm going to actually do for to make up that deficit kind of thing. So it was just a case of me brainstorming ideas, things that I was interested in and things that I was good at. So I've always had a creative flair. That's just been me from day. I'm naturally creative. And I had anyone that knows me knows I've always loved sweets, like literally since the beginning of time, literally. Tolerant sweets. Probably yeah. not the best idea, actually, thinking about it because I just eat all the sweets. But <laughs> at the time, literally... It was just combining something I was very passionate about, something I really enjoyed with something I was good at. And literally, like you said, at the time, it wasn't something that was really happening in the UK, but it was just something that came to my mind. I was just like, oh, I could do this. Like, I could just set set up these sweet displays at people's events. And then when I started doing my research, I saw that, oh, okay, in America and Australia, it's actually something that's very big and very popular. So I was thinking if it's big in those markets, it's definitely something that has potential in the UK. And that's kind of how it all started. Do you know what? It's actually interesting when you said that you kind of combined something that you're passionate about to, with your creative with your creative aspect, um, creative mentality. Because when people start their businesses or when people want to start a business, sometimes you kind of go so far-fetched into something that you've never done before mm. and then think, oh, why is it taking so long to get off the ground? Mm. But actually f- trying to just figure out, okay, what am I naturally good at? And seeing exactly. how you can flip that and turn it into a business is probably exactly. the smartest way to kind of go about it. But, um, but yeah, you mentioned how, you know, you, you had a passion for sweets, you love sweets and it was kind of easy to get into it. But what was kind of the process in getting off the ground? Like, like how did you find your the different candies and the sweets how did you make the little you know she makes really lovely cake pops which are so addictive once you have one you have to have like 10 <laughs> so um but what was kind of the um the brain behind the creativeness like how do you really source all these different things to kind of create different themes for di- um for the events so if, uh, the, the power of the internet really everything you need is literally online so once I had the idea in my head for something sweeter. I was just like, okay, what event can I do just to basically get an example of what's in my head out there so that I can start taking pictures and showcasing what I can actually do. And I remember the first event I ever did was a baby shower for one of my friends. And it was just literally a case of me having a concept in my head and a theme that I wanted to execute for her baby shower. So once I had that idea in my head, I just literally went shopping and something that probably I wouldn't advise somebody else to do in that I just literally went out and just bought everything literally literally so I just buying all these different jars buying all these different decorations buying all these different props just buying everything literally to make this perfect display until now there's things that I've bought over the years that I've never actually used but it's because I just enjoy it so much I just enjoy like creating displays that I may not necessarily bought the stuff that I actually needed but I bought a lot of extra stuff 
But what was, you know, this one question that um, I've been asked and even me, I ask myself is pricing, figuring out, you know, when you have a business, you have a product, you have a service. Okay, what, sh- how, how much am I going to sell this for that I can, you know, still make a turnover or make a profit? Um, but what was kind of the formula that you had to put together to find the perfect balance of a price where, you know, people actually buy this is, is affordable enough for people to, um, to buy into, but it also covers your losses? Exactly. Yes, that I think for me, that was a steep learning curve in terms of pricing. So what I did at the beginning was because I was a startup, excuse me, sorry, and I was new to the game and I was just trying to build my experience and build my portfolio. Pricing wise, I was basically charging people cost price, basically. So I wasn't charging for my time. And like, you don't realize how much time actually goes into planning and creating these concepts. So before I used to shy away from including my time in the pricing. So I would basically make sure I cost up the event. So how much everything's going to cost me, sweets, jars, etc. And then I'd add a bit on top. But that bit on top was nowhere near what it should have been, given the amount of time that actually goes into doing the event. Like if you actually calculated my hourly rate at the time, it was just like... I was literally getting paid like two pound an hour or something silly like that kind of thing. So I think for me, it's basically ensuring that the time aspect of it is included into pricing. So that's something that I've built into my pricing model moving forward. So what that meant for me is that I was doing a lot. At the beginning, I was doing a lot more events, but not making as much money. Whereas now I've cut back in the amount of events I actually take on. And it's I do a lot less events, but make a lot more. That makes sense. Yeah, that's actually good to hear because even me with um with some of the projects that I'm working on it's it's so hard to f- figure out you know how much I should charge different people because my service my um what I do I, I I help um businesses small businesses with PR exposure so PR and social media exposure and um sometimes you know one person might just want something little which might not take much of my time but it still gives them the result that they desire. And another client um, might want, you know, a lot more work um, for the same desired result. So sometimes you have to, you know, it's interesting what you say, you really have to actually value your time almost and put a price to your time and add that. Don't be shy to add that to to the to the overall cost because... You're adding a value I, at the end of the day. Yeah. So you're paying yeah. them they're paying for something that they can't do if they could do it themselves they would do it themselves so the fact that they're seeking your services you need to be compensated for that accordingly do you know what I mean so um over the last few years of you kind of working on your business has there been um a time when you've made any mistakes that you've you've kind of learned from over the um over a period of time that you know okay I'm not going to make this the same mistake the next time Oh, 100%. So I think I touched on it earlier, actually, in terms of overspending. I think that was a big mistake I made at the beginning. So literally buying a lot of stuff that I didn't really necessarily need at the beginning and not keeping a tighter grip on costings. I think that was a big mistake I made at the beginning. I also think as well, I kind of ran before I crawled. Is that the same? Run before you walk? Yeah. Yeah, literally, that's what I did. So kind of just once I had the concept, I ran with it rather than maybe planning as much as I should have. So I'd say definitely having a clear business plan at the beginning would have helped me, I think, avoid certain mistakes that I made along the way. I yeah. think if I was to give advice to anybody, it would be planning before you start. 
That's actually what, in my previous podcast that I did with um, an events designer, that's exactly what she, she mentioned. She was like, you really have to put a good business plan together. And it, once you put a business plan together, you can really analyse and see, okay, like, okay, where can I start? Because even me, I I don't have a business plan, which is so bad to, to say, but I've just been really lazy to put it together. Like, I've just been like, oh, it's fine. I have this to do. I have this to do. But... I, I think this year is the year um, for me to do that. And this podcast, you know, speaking to you and different mums um, has really been helping me and giving me those kind of key tips to help take it to the next level. So no, it's time, you. time consuming doing, but it's definitely worthwhile. It will save you a lot in the long run. Time and money. And then, and then now you have another venture that you're doing, busy, 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 busy. Um, you have tolufrimpong.com, which is um, a blog that you've created to kind of help people be financially free. Um, so what was kind of the, you know, the concept behind that? Like how, what was the inspiration originally for you to start this? Because this is completely different to your Something Sweeter um, brand. Yeah, it's different to something sweeter, but it all kind of ties in. I think I've been on this financial freedom journey basically since I started something sweeter, so I'd say since 2014 till now. And I'm still on this journey. I'm, no, I'm not yet financially free, but I will be within the next few years by God's grace. But for me, it was literally, I started this blog, maybe I say selfishly for myself, because it's more of an um, opportunity for me to basically be accountable to to the readers. So it's like I set myself certain goals and I set myself certain objectives. And by me putting it out there, it's like, okay, you put it out there now, what are you going to do kind of thing? So it kind of keeps me focused on pursuing and um, focusing and and going after these goals that I've set myself. So it's just me kind of documenting my journey to financial freedom, because I know as much as I'm not where I want to be, I know that I've still come a long way over the past few years and I've learned a lot. And I know there's other people that can learn from my experiences and can learn along with me. So that's kind of why, yeah, that was kind of the reason why I started the blog. It was kind of to start a little community of other like-minded women, kind of share and learn from each other's experiences. And just things that I'm learning along the way is just me sharing with the world or whoever basically wants to read and get information from. Do you know, if anyone's listening to this podcast and, you know, they have a business or they struggle finance, financially in general, like to manage their finances, make sure you check this out because... Um, one of the things that actually stood out to me that I think I read, I think it was one of your first um, blogs of having multiple stream, streams of income. Exactly. And I was like, you know, that's something that I'm like, okay, it's so easy to say, so easy to say, but it's hard to do, but it's so important. And I was actually watching um, one of Patricia, Patricia Bright. So the oh vlogger. My gosh, yeah. So I was watching one of her videos that she put up, um, I think recently about how she paid off her, um, her mortgage that was um, three hundred and ten thousand pounds for her mortgage, and now her house is worth six hundred thousand. And she was speaking on how she um, how she paid it off within six years. And what she the same thing that she said is that she had multiple streams of income. The same thing. She was obviously she's in a different caliber because she's Patricia Bride. She has a million followers or whatever. But when she did have this mortgage, um, she had it years ago when she was still. Um, starting up yeah when she was still starting up and she said that she literally had her job then plus her full-time job she had like a hustle that she was doing on the side then she had a hair company then she had this affiliated marketing links that she was doing and she, she literally had six streams of income coming in exactly and that's how she was able to kind of obviously it's 
hard work and you know it's not it's not easy but that's that's key you know not not just relying on one income to kind of sustain you because if you lose your job tomorrow then that's it what's gonna happen exactly no plan b and it's good to you're like you're in a position now with like your baby number three to be like you know what i want to stay at home with my children and really and be there for them and then i still have these three more to three streams of income coming in because I'm like oh I'm fine and I don't have to lack or you know I don't have to pull the family back I'm st- we're still moving forward you've got it that's it. that's exactly it exactly so for me this blog as much as it's going to help other people and all the rest of it, it is also going to be a source of income and then like you said things like the affiliate marketing and the digital products which I'll be creating later on in this year so yeah for me it's all about creating multiple streams of income because yeah that's literally it <laughs> no, that's what we're trying to do so no it's good but how do you how do you manage your time because obviously you have out you have your two sons two handsome sons you have your husband you have you know these businesses this blog that you're writing you produce like two blogs a week so you you know you need the time to write it like how do you have time to even like do your nails or get your hair done or you know oh, spend don't. time with your friends <laughs> <laughs> that's like bottom of my to-do list bro. it's it's having a a to-do list basically and it's prioritizing my day so every given day in the morning I have a list of things that I need to get done for the day I have a major list so it's about 10 items which I know I'm not going to get through all of them but I have three main priorities for every day so so long as I get through through those three main priorities each day then I'm good to go so it's just about literally managing my time as much I'm not 100% there I know I can still probably do more to maximize my time in a day but I feel like yeah having a structure planning my day knowing what I'm trying to get done that day helps me and just knowing that I can't do it all in a day because the times when I never used to plan my days and just say I'm going to do this 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 this, like just in my head have all these things that I want to achieve nothing gets done because it's overwhelming whereas if you break it down into like just bite-sized pieces recognizing that I'm only one person there's only so much I can do it makes it more achievable and that's kind of how I've been doing it since I started this year and since the end of last year and this year started and I found that looking back over January it's literally been the most productive month I've had in a very long time and it's because I've been using that approach and how about like time with your friends or just having like a social life as like a you know as a woman and you know you you think you still have your friends do you do you find that that lax do you feel like you know you you might not see spend time with your friends as much as you like to or do you still like you said add that to your kind of routine and make sure you have to plan those days (laughs) it is literally like that as much as it seems a bit tedious literally at the start towards the end of last year I set myself a goal spreadsheet for 2019 and in that goal spreadsheet I literally break it down into seven categories I did a blog post on it actually and it was talking about setting goals against Zig Ziglar's um, rules of life and he literally breaks down life into seven areas so you've got family finances spiritual career etc so there's literally seven categories which make up our lives so it's a case of having goals set for every category because if you don't have goals set against those categories that's how you end up lacking in certain areas so for example if you have fitness goals and it's like, I'm going to go gym four times a week, how realistic is that? If I'm going gym four times a week, when am I having time with my family? When am I having time to work on my business? You see what I mean? So it's a case of having goals set against all those areas and just working bit by bit on each goal. And that's kind of the way I've been balancing it out. Not to say I've been able to hit every single goal, but having it kind of clearly mapped out what I'm trying to achieve 
I'm able to see what I have been able to do. And then when I haven't been able to meet those targets, I can see what I can do for the next month to kind of hit those targets, if, it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm still only one person and there's only so much of so much time I can give to everything. So I do try my best to be well-rounded and kind of fit everything in. But realistically, I don't have as much free time as I used to have to spend with my friends. Whereas before, maybe we was out four times a week, four times a month or six times a month. Now it might be once a month, but it's more planned and it's more strategic if that makes sense so it's like I can't be around I can't have a hundred friends that I'm trying to entertain that's not realistic it's just like spending time with my closest that makes sense yeah and you know what it's not even just you as well this friends are doing businesses and friends are evolving and friends are moving on to bigger and better things so they have less time so sometimes you really have to plan it like there's not I don't think uh, my friendship group or the people that I know there's one person who just like does nothing or who's who available like, all the time yeah who's like available all the time and he's like oh like and it's spontaneous like there's no we're not spontaneous anymore we can't just be like oh yeah let's just go here everyone's like okay when are you free exactly literally so yeah I completely get that and when you first started you know you're something sweeter or even like the um, tollyfriendprog.com um, blog um, did you need any financial backing did you need you know some capital to kind of help get off the ground or did you just have to just um, wait until your first client and use that invest and use that money that you earn to reinvest into your business now, I have to give a shout out to my husband for that, actually. He was literally <laughs> the bank that funded my <laughs> Bank of husband. Yeah, literally, the Bank of Isaac, literally. <laughs> he was the one that funded it all at the beginning. But bless him, he was supportive and he saw my vision and my passion and he literally backed me. But, yeah, and I didn't have to seek any external finances. Thank God for that. Oh, that's good. Wow. But so you need the bank of, you know, husband guys, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so or savings. If you have your own savings and stuff, then you could do that. Because when I say bank of hobby, I didn't think we were one, in, isn't yeah. it? But it's just the fact that it was a lot, he gave me that option to be able to tap into our finances, to be able to support a business venture. Was it, was it, you know, quite easy for him to just support? Or did you have to, you know, do a presentation or persuade him or, you know, tell him the benefit of, of these businesses? No, to be honest, like, it was a conversation, literally. It was just me telling him what I wanted to do and explaining it to him. At first, he didn't get it because, obviously, back then, there was no such thing as a candy buffet. So he's just like, what's that? So once he he saw me, he saw what I was doing and he saw the first event I did, it's just like, oh, OK, this is actually a concept. This can work. So he was more than willing to support from there. And he, he even, like, helps you to set up on the oh, day. Literally, he is amazing. I can't even lie, yeah. I remember when I had... Asha, I think, yeah, it was Asha. I think he was probably like a week old or something like that. So I had an event to do, which I obviously couldn't go and do because I'd just given birth. And he literally went and did it by himself, set it, set it up with a friend of mine. And they did the whole thing without me there. It's like, oh, bless him. <laughs> He's seen me do it so many times that he was okay to just get on with it. Yeah, to figure it out. Which is good, you know. It's like like we said earlier in other podcasts as well. Like, it's, it's important to have some support, whether it's, you know, your friends or your family or just someone to kind of help and support you and keep you motivated. Because it's so hard to kind of drop off. And I think it was you that said this to me, that consistency is key that sometimes you kind of just have to wait out for everyone else to drop off and then to have and then on, and to have just you being the last one standing exactly rather than you drop off and then think oh what if i carry exactly. on exactly 100 i totally agree and that's definitely it consistency is so important and it's like yeah just 
just remaining persistent and consistent regardless of what other people around you are doing not focusing on what they're doing focus on your goal where you're trying to get to and you'll literally get there so now you're having baby number three you're excited oh, <laughs> you're <nervous>. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how are you feeling like is this pregnancy been um better than the third the you think? Do you know what? You actually look, I feel like you look a lot more, I don't know, more comfortable, like confident with I, this. Everyone says that, but I'm like, no, if only you knew what I was going through. It's, you don't yeah. chew it. Maybe I'm just better at masking it, but it's it's been challenging, definitely. Like this one, this, this pregnancy has been, in terms of symptoms and things, it's been pretty much similar to the other two. But in terms of like, just physically, I've just been, I felt so drained this pregnancy, like literally no energy, no motivation literally even to paint my face it's just the effort <laughs> everything is just work but i don't even know it's god's grace that's kept me going this far and hopefully god willing baby will be here in a few months and then life can continue and yeah, yeah. so have you got any plans to kind of you know where you want to take your business so your business is actually to um to after you have baby number three like are you gonna are you gonna carry on working part-time or are you gonna um you know try to focus on it completely like where do you think you you want to take it after you have three kids oh no i'm done with the nine to five like <laughs> literally like this is once i go off this time on maternity leave i'm no, no longer returning to work it's just going to be me at home and my boys and my businesses which is why i'm really focused this year on really pushing them and driving them forward because i know i'm no longer going to have that safety blanket to fall back on that part-time salary will no longer be coming in after the maternity pay finishes. So I literally have between now and less than a year, I'd say, basically, to really um, replace my work, my full-time income, my part-time, sorry, income, and then some kind of thing. So for me, it's just really focusing hard on pushing the businesses. And I've got a few other things in the pipeline, which I don't want to say too much on just now, but literally 2019... Is the year, yeah, literally. And I've been saying this every year for the past few years, but it's like it's it's a journey. Yeah, I feel like yeah, this year is going to be a very good year. And you know, um, people say that after you have your second one, it gets easier in terms of like you don't you're you're already used to kind of looking around. Yeah, so it'll get easier. So I think it's good, man. Do you know what? It's also good to have something to you know aspire towards. Now that you know you don't have this safety blanket it's going to kind of fuel the fire to make you work even harder because you're like especially because you now you're you know you're doing this business you want to kind of earn almost the same salary or even exactly more, more. Yeah. that you were earning so it's, it's going to fuel the fire so look out world Tolu Frimpong is going to take over <laughs> take it over something sweeter get on the bandwagon now before she like makes it and then she forgets about us oh god forbid no way <laughs> all growing together yes definitely but yeah it's been really good to have you on this podcast um it's been really eye-opening inspiring to see a mum and you know you're doing the you're um you have these businesses that you're working on and you're doing it confidently um and you know that you can with all these kids like it's not like you're juggling anything you're just managing your time and you're giving as much effort into your children as you are to your business but if you had to um you know give an advice to somebody on you know the key steps that they will need to take in order to kind of be in the same position as you what would kind of be the advice that you need to that you would give them oh it's a good question <laughs> i'd say advice wise i'd say planning your time is very important i'd say having 
clear steps that you're trying to take is important. And I say staying consistent and focused regardless of whatever obstacles or anything that's happening around you. Because I feel like it's very easy to get distracted or to feel deflated or, you know, when things are not going your way or things are not moving in the, at the rate you want it to go or in the direction you want it to go, it's kind of easy to lose focus. And I feel like that's why a lot of small businesses tend to fail is because people don't see the results straight away from their efforts. So they just think, oh, this is long. I'm just going to go back to finding another job or something. Whereas if, if you remain consistent and focused and believe in what you're trying to achieve, you can achieve it and you will get there. It's just a case of not dropping off and not giving up and not quitting. And I'd say as well, what I'd advise someone following in my footsteps to do is seek help and use the people around you because you'd be surprised how many people around you are in the same position as you or are a little bit further ahead in the direction that you're trying to get to. So rather than trying to figure it all out by yourself, why not reach out to them, ask them questions, learn from those that know a bit more. It will help you get there a lot quicker rather than just trying to figure it all out for yourself. I say that now because that's something I wish I had done when I first started out, was literally trying to find out from other people that are more successful, how they've achieved their success and what steps they've taken so that I can avoid them. I just kind of did it all by myself and was just trying to figure it out as I went along. But I think reaching out to people, finding out from people the best steps to follow, I think. Also, building your team as soon as you can, I think is very important as well. So not trying to do it all by yourself. Again, that's something that I did, which moving forward, I won't be doing. And if I could go back, I wouldn't have done. It would be trying to build a team sooner rather than later so that you're not, the whole business basically isn't solely dependent and reliant on you. That is actually very, very, very important. And I have learned the hard way (laughs) how important (laughs) that is. Because it's hard to build a team when you're not making that much money. So how do you build... I know we're almost finished, but, you know, it's interesting. How do you build a team when you're not earning much? It's, I think it's getting people to believe in your vision. So it's like if you can sell someone your vision and they can see where you're going, they'll want to jump on board even before you've got there. So, like, even with something sweeter now, I have a team. Even though we're not making millions, we're not turning over a big amount, I have a team now working with me now to build it so that we can get to that stage and it's because they can see the vision they can see where something sweeter is going and they can see the potential in it so I think it's just getting people to basically believe in where you're trying to go and then realizing that by working together you can get there quicker because if you've got people that are, if you've got somebody that's kind of trying to get to where you're getting but maybe bring something different to the table you coming together you're only going to be stronger and you're only going to be able to get there quicker I think that's probably the most important message out of this whole podcast. So make sure you actually take that in because me, myself, I'm learning the hard way that, you know, sometimes there's things that you're, you're not, you're not an expert in everything. Exactly. Like and you can't be, the, there's no point in being the jack of all trades, but a master of none. So it's good to kind of focus on what you're an expert at and then bring someone on board who's great at you know that specific thing that you need and that will only keep pushing your business forward and also there's only so much you can handle with two hands and so you you can't really you limit the amount do you limit how far your business can go with just doing it by yourself the more hands on board the more work you can take makes that work yeah yes so i I, you know i'm saying this but i actually need to do it (laughs) it's so easy to say it where it's like uh yeah exactly it's It's another thing applying it but it's definitely crucial and it will just catapult your business like a lot quicker and a lot better 
100%. Thank you, Tolu. You've been absolutely amazing. It's been fun, isn't it? It's easy. It's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much, um, Tolu. Feel free to check out her blog. It's tolufrimpong.com. So T-O-L-U-F-R-I-M-P-O-N-G, correct? Yeah. Yes, dot com. Um, She releases a blog every Thursdays and Sundays. Twice a week, yeah. Twice, Twice a week, um, and her blogs are really, really interesting. And it's not—it's not just for people who have businesses. It's literally just for anybody. Um, you know, finance is something that everybody struggles with at some point. So make sure you check out her blog. Um, you can also find her on Instagram. Um, same thing, Tolu Frimpong. Just search her on Instagram, you find her. Um, and yeah, look forward to um, next week's episode. Make sure you tune in. The podcast is available on um, Podbean, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and what was the other one? Oh, Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, thank you so much, Tolu. Really appreciate everything. Thanks, Victoria, for having me on. Of course.